Okay, here we go. Gvurus Hashem, Gimel. So, Mirshish Sochar Tov. So, we've been discussing the big Hiddush that seemingly the, the morals bringing from Chazal that the C.S. Mitzrayim itself in not not to mention the, the miracles but just the Yetzia itself was actually the biggest miracle of all right so he brought so far uh, Mechilta uh, support for it we spoke about it Keneged all the all the Nisim spoke about a little bit what Keneged means now let's try to understand a little bit I mean it seems to be Mechilta saying it but why? Uh, minus all the miracles, it was just some people, you know, walking by foot out of a country, right? After the miracles had happened and the Egyptians kind of gave in. So what's so miraculous? Says the Midrash, Vayotzi eschem yekur barzel. My Pasek and Tehillim, that Hashem took you out of a crucible of... of um, Metal of of uh, iron. iron, iron, iron of iron. poshet yodo v'notal hazahav. The same way that a goldsmith stretches out his hand and uh, takes the gold from the crucible. So too, Hashem took Klausrel out of Egypt. So if you can imagine a goldsmith, right, reaching in with his bare hand into a crucible where, where gold is being melted to take out all the impurities and taking that gold and bringing it out, right, that is a pretty uh, challenging thing to do, right? It's not a weird analogy. It's painful. Right? That would be very painful. It's not a weird analogy. Why? Uh, it seems like the the hand of a person that that would be burnt. It's terribly burnt, right? It's difficult for that person to do such a thing. Right. Oh, okay. So we'll see them. Good. But so far we're saying it would be clearly the hand would get burnt, right? And like a um, a fetus who is placed into the innards of an animal, and the shepherd sticks his hand into the womb of the animal, and gives it a good yank, causes the fetus to disattach from the placenta, causes it to come out. Hashem did the miracle to take out for himself a nation from now, the, the word Kerev is obviously the word that the Midrash is coming off of. Uh, loosely translated would be from amongst or from the midst of another nation. Right? But Kerev literally means from the innards, from the inside of another nation. 
Yeah. So that okay. seems to be saying we would have naturally come out. It's just that Coast Guard also took us out earlier because these other things they happen. It's just that he's giving an analogy to say something that we did it earlier. We shall think. We shall think. We weren't happen. mature yet as a nation, but we would have matured and come out anyway. But a Coast Guard. You're saying the case earlier. of the Uber. That's both of these cases. N well, the gold will never come out unless someone's. Uh, well, I mean, he was, gonna, he was working on it, and then. But that's either, but it's still the the goldsmith, and it's at the right time maybe, but it's just the pella is that he's using his bare hand. So, so again, so we have two psukim that are describing Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Pasuk number one, the Yitzhiyas Chem Mikur Barzel, Hashem took us out from a crucible of iron. And the second Pasuk of Hinaseh Elokim Lo Goy Mikerv Goy, to take a nation from the inside of another nation. And so each one is saying a Chiddush in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Okay, so again, the midrash is comparing them to uh, goldsmith taking the gold out with his bare hand from the crucible, which is burning hot, and a shepherd detaching a fetus from inside of its uh, of, of the animal, which seemingly is not very difficult, but there is something original in that. Maybe we'll see. Be'erubaze. The sages explained with this midrash in this midrash, shnei dvarim gdolim maod Two matters that were very great that were in Egypt. Here we go. Right. This is what was so awesome about Yitzchak Mitzrayim. Ha'echad, the first one, shehamitzrayim hayu magzikim v'govrim alehem that the Egyptians were grabbing onto us and or overpowering us through the strength of their hand that we should not be able to leave from their dominion the second one is that essentially what we were from the essence of the Jewish people that we were inside of Egypt as if we were we were attached to Mitzrayim we were tuffle um, mm, secondary, like low, uh, lost our identity. We, we, we didn't have a separate identity in relation to them. We did not have a existence unto ourselves. Yes, yeah, so number one is what the midstream are doing to us. And number two is who we are. Let's see. Let's go that's, a little bit. That's contradictory. What do you mean? Meaning if they're Davka singling out a certain group to treat them differently, then that group, the Etzem, has to have some identity. I understand you can say they've lost their Yiddishkeit spirituality connection to Avram Hashem, but like to say that, I don't understand how you can say they have no Mitzvah Bithayatma. Um, let's say like, just to make a very blatant example, the caste system in India, right? 
So they fine, but with so they had the you know the, the lowest caste, like these are the, un, the untouchables, like the you know the people basically that is not like no one would want to even spit in their direction, right. right? Now, but they're considered a part a part of the Indian people, but they're just like the they're like the you know the lowest of the low or right. or even or even let's say um, African American slaves in America right that that they were completely subjugated but they didn't have their any own culture identity great meaning the only thing that set them apart was the fact that they were they were the ones that were enslaved right but I mean that's what I'm so that's not, that's not as opposed to as opposed to that let's say um, uh, that in a war um, you know France conquers uh, Spain and, and, and they're subjugating the Spanish but right. the Spanish feel like what do you mean but we're the Spanish we're right. like we are uh, an independent entity that you know, had our own leadership, had our own country. Yeah. So, so you're right. The only way that they stand out is in the fact that they're oppressed. That, right. That's not. That's not a way. That, that For the moral, that's not an identity. That's not an Right. That's something that's given to you by. Sadly, it was. It was a little bit of that happening actually to the Russian Jews back in the Soviet Union. A lot of what was keeping them Jewish was the fact that it said Impression. Yid right. in their passport. Right. In your passport. That's my question came from, it was because like Jews historically, through subjugation, have banded together. Yeah, but, 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 if it's, but hopefully there's always something more than that. Meaning, which is, even if, the, even if the oppression wasn't there, that there was a strong national identity. Right? Now, you're right. Sometimes, unfortunately, the external pressures can even help to, to, to you know, keep things together. But if that's all there is, then you're not, then you're not doing well, right? So it means for, for the Jews in Russia, they lost any connection to their religion. And the only thing we had, we like still had like a little bit of some sort of like a pride of being Jewish without any understanding whatsoever of what in the world there is to be proud about. It was like a really weird thing. But if that hadn't been there either, right, then, then that is not conducive to, to, to being saved. So let's take a look. So he says, Harishan. So, Ulufikach, Al Harishan, therefore, on the first part that we spoke about with the Egyptians oppressing us tremendously, we were like gold that is in the crucible. That the fire acts very powerfully on the gold. And it actually makes a barrier of heat between the one that would like to take this gold out and the gold. Ad shekashe lehotzio meod that it is extremely difficult to take him out. Right, this is what Noah pointed out. Right, seemingly because I'll tell you the pasuk. The pasuk seems to be telling us from Tillam that the situation was such that it was quote unquote extremely difficult for Hashem to stick his hand in there and to take it and to take us out. Let's understand what that means. 
how can the Egyptians make us, you know, act upon us and subjugate us in a way that would make it difficult for Hashem to stick his hand into there. Right? Kah Yisroel, Kasher Hayu B'Mitzrayim, so too when we were in Egypt, Hayu Mitzrayim Po'elim Bahem, Umishabdim Osam, they were acting upon us and enslaving us. They would be dominating us. It was difficult for Hashem to take us out. What do we want to do? We want to first read it and then we'll speak it out? I feel like maybe we should have done it the other way around. Let's read it inside and then speak it out. Okay, fine. So let's just try to try to hold cup. Vasheni, Amrusha, you saw Domim over Bemei Behema that we were like a fetus inside of its mother. Mehuber leaim tuffel etzla. He's connected to the mother and he's tuffled in relation to it. Shehu yerech imo is like the thigh of his mother. Ve'ain lo mitzius be'atzmo. So he has no independent identity. Ve'zehu she'amar. That's what it says. Avodim ha'inu lefaro b'mitzrayim. We were slaves to power in Egypt. Ve'yosiyanu Hashem elokeinu b'yad chazaka ovazruon tuya. Davarzeh yizboer barichus. This matter will be explained at length. Eitzel avodim hayinu farav b'mitzrayim. When the moral towards the end of the sefer, Gvuras Hashem, he actually goes through the the Haggadah of Pesach itself. So he will talk about it over there. Zenashem biyad chazakat. Yeah, Umasha Amar, and that that it says. Yeah, so before he goes into the deeper in, into the deeper explanation, let's pause over here. Okay, so without getting into again, if it would be that the Egyptians have a strong military, right? They don't have to be currently using that military against us. They just have a strong military, big force. So now, I mean, it would be difficult to say. Maybe somebody could say. And therefore, it was hard for Hashem to, to, to do this, right? To come in there and save us, right? But that's obviously very difficult. Whereas, if a person is in an environment that does not allow him for one second to think about God, he is in, under tremendous pressures, work pressure, social pressure, emotional turmoil in a way that doesn't allow him to think about God for one second. The environment is such. Yeah? So without the concept, again, what's the Big Hiddish over here that we're saying? We're saying the Big Hiddish is the first word of this parak. Bachar hu yizbor, Hashem chose. Which means we're talking about over here that the revelation is that Hashem can act unilaterally. Right? That even though seemingly 
from this world there's nothing that is triggering for Hashem to, to come and save us, right? He can do it because He has a plan, right? Now, usually, especially with Hanukkah coming up, it's very, very relevant this. The whole view of the Greek philosophers was that God is completely passive. He is perfect, He is what He is, and depending on our actions is what's going to happen. So then when the Greeks look, and they say, look, look, at, look at the Yidden, let's take a Greek philosopher and bring him to Egypt, right? Look at the Yidden over there. The, from, the, from the environment that they're in, they're steeped in tremendous idol worship, tremendous znus, not that they themselves are participating, but the environment is such that they're living in. Yeah? They're having tremendous work pressure. The work, they're being pushed to the, right, uh, to the breaking point. These people have no opportunity to turn to Hashem, to think about God, to think about spirituality, which is where, which is the place that miracles come from. Miracles come from being connected to spirituality. And these people, because of the environment they're in, have zero connection. And worse than that, spirituality it doesn't even have a place here. This is a place that's full of tumor. Even if spirituality couldn't be here, right, if you're if you're living in a bathroom, right? Well, they, they asked Ramosha Feinstein in 1939, 19 or 37 maybe, 1937. He left Russia. Yeah, it was a very hard decision for him because he was the rub of a city. But this time, the communists had outlawed absolutely everything. Right? It was, uh, but he was still trying to do what he could. 90% of people had already left Yiddishkeit completely. The few that were still holding on, and he's the Rav. And they came up with the opportunity that he could leave because of tremendous ishtadlus that people here in America did. Yeah? And there was a big shyly. Is he allowed to go? So, so uh, the, the Dolm of the time said, yes, he can go because no one can be expected to live in a in a basic say indefinitely, meaning a place where you cannot do mitzvah, a place where you cannot have any shaykhs to Hashem. That's that's that is not something that anyone can be asked to uh, to um, be most enough like that. And instead, obviously, there was a big need for him here in America. He went and he did what he did. But the point is that the Soviet Union was like a was like a basic kisa. It's, it's, it's a bathroom that, that because of the soa that's there, so you can't have any connection to spirituality. You can't you can't even think divrei Torah. Yeah, that's that's the one. The other one is mitzad us ourselves. The first one is mitzad the place where we were. The second one is mitzad us ourselves. In order for you to be taken on as a nation, you have to view yourself as a nation that is that is being enslaved. Right? But an Uber, before you take it out of it, right before the birth, right? If, let's say, you're an alien, come to come look at a pregnant woman. He doesn't know about it. Aliens, they they fall off of trees, right? They're a tree, and they, they're born from trees, let's say. Right? So this alien... He takes a look at, the, at this woman. He's never doesn't know about the birth process. He does 
a whole medical workup. He understands. He sees the blood flow, the circulation, everything. He says this is a part of the. This is a, a part of the mother. This thing can't. It's not designed to function by itself. Right? It doesn't have uh, an ability to oxygenate its blood. The, the blood flow is all wrong, etc. Right? The, the chiddush is that once a child is born, then like you know the the valve in the heart closes, the the, the blood starts circulating in the other direction, the, the lungs open, the 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 umbilical cord closes, all the different things happen. All of a sudden, you have an independent entity. But while it was in there, it wasn't an independent entity that was like you know sitting inside of the of the womb of the mother. It was a year. It was it was a year It was it was the, like the thigh of a mother. Yeah. That's how we were also. You're right. Afterwards, it turned out that we were a separate nation. But at the time, it was literally one entity. So how do you take, how do you do that? Not physically, how do you manage, but you're trying to take a nation out. But there is no nation to take out. I mean, for example, the morale in, in, in Netzach Yisrael, he's, he's trying to explain the awesome concept that Klaus will have been subjugated for, for over 2,000 years. He says, there's no such thing. Whenever you have one nation conquer another nation, it lasts for a short period of time. And then it goes back to that nation gets its, gets, gets its identity back. I mean, you can have a nation destroy another nation. But since every nation has its own sar, has its own angel, has its own identity as to what it is, so it can't stay indefinitely subjugated to another one. I mean, if you look around the world, there's no such thing. There should be a nation that is permanently subjugated to, to, to others. Yeah, the, the Germans conquered the French, and then eventually the French pushed them out. They might lose some territories, uh, etc., but uh, nations have their own identity because, because it's a separate thing. And, and by Klausel, it's a Chidoshotum, because it's a Xeris of Hashem that, that it should be the way it is. We'll, we'll get there. But, but the point is, so when you have a separate nation, so for it to be saved from the subjugation of a different nation, that makes sense. That, that works out, because uh, it doesn't make sense that one definition should be under another definition. You know, each, each tzura, each concept, is a concept unto itself. Each nation is a concept unto itself. Sometimes one concept can become secondary to another one. Um, you, know, you can have overlap of certain areas of business, whatever it may be, but at the end of the day, they're going to... They're gonna, Separate also, they're gonna, each one's going to have its own identity. I could use a, a monkey wrench temporarily for the functionality of a hammer, right? But that's not going to, it's never going to become a hammer. It's going to still stay a monkey wrench, right? So, so eventually, after I'm done using it temporarily as a hammer, so then it'll go back to being a monkey wrench. Right? So, if the French are a monkey ranch and the Germans are a hammer, right? So, so the identity of a hammer can temporarily go and define this monkey ranch also as a hammer. But then, once that's done, so it'll go back to being a monkey ranch. Because each thing is what it is. Each nation is what it is. Yeah? But here, that was not the case. Here, we didn't have our own identity. We didn't know what we were. We had never been a nation. So what's there to take out? Again, God, we're not talking about God. If you understand God 
as like a, like a person who's just just a complete bubble. He he can do even things that, that that don't make sense. Yeah. So then, sure. I mean, if I want to, there's a group of ten children. I could take two of them out and I can single them out and make something completely different. Fine. But if we if you understand God as a force of a force of nature, just like there's there's physical laws, there's there's physics, there's law, laws of nature, so there's metaphysics, there's metaphysical laws, a, a higher order of things, and that and that is what God is, which is what the Greek philosophers believed, and that's what seemingly is the case. That's called Hanhagas Hamishpat, where God operates according to a system of rules which is responsive to what's happening down here. So if you give one nation subjugating another nation, then eventually that subjugation must end. Right? Just like we understand, slavery is wrong. Like you have a nation, in slavery in a nation, something doesn't sit. It doesn't, it, it shouldn't be. But, it, but if you have within a nation, you have a, a group of people, that they are the garbage, you know, they're the garbage men. So then, then there's nothing that, that dictates that it should be different. Yeah. So what the morale is going to say over here is like we spoke about before. What's a bigger chiddush? A flying elephant, right? Who is pink? Or for God to demonstrate complete bahira without any human um, trigger for it? Like for example, like we said, for Klauswell to still be learning Torah. Like like uh, like Rav Yonason Ibishev says, the class was still learning Torah. They're still shtaying. They're still spiritual after thousands of years. What's a bigger miracle? Right? Ibishev says it's a much bigger miracle. The class should still be showing misses because that defies not only the laws of gravity; it defies the whole it defies logic. To defy logic is a lot more difficult than to, 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 to defy gravity. No? And seemingly in Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, God defied logic. Because when God takes a nation out, that means he, he connects to them. There's, there's a connection, there's a closeness, there's a, we became his chosen people. Right? There's a, there's a closeness. How can God have closeness to a people who are in this, in the 49th level of Tuma? So, just a uh, kind of a general question. When God makes a promise to Abram that he, he and the forefathers, that he's always going to have, he's going to do great things for him in the future, right? He's going to make sure they're going to be multiplying whatever else God said he was going to do for them. Lots of good things. So when the Jewish people are at the 49th level of tomb, are they breaking some promise or something that God said that he was always going to do for them? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, why it defies logic if God already made the promise that he was going to do something for them later on. Again, it depends how you understand God's promises. Yeah? If you understand God's promise as a... as a reflection 
of a, of a spiritual reality. Avram Avinu is, is a very big tzaddik, and they are big tzaddikim, uh, get, uh, are close to Hashem. That's something that should be hereditary to a certain level, or, or somehow passed on, whatever it may be. Then at that point it makes sense maybe, and and then but if but if you get to a situation where it there's doesn't reflect that in any way, so then I guess that would be a violation of it, right? That the, the Bruce has been violated, the contract has been violated, the Jews have not done what they were supposed to do. You know. But if you understand God's promise as saying, and this is the truth, is this is a big gurari in this last week's parsha with Yaakov Shemer Yigar Machet. He discussed the, the difference between the haftacha and the vua. The vua means that this is what God wants, and therefore it's going to happen. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah, so I think you're understanding God's promise like that. That He just says this is a unilateral thing. I'm going to do this because I decide I'm going to do this. Yeah. So so in a chenami, but that is something that if you try to explain that to a person who understands God to be a um, that God operates according to uh, principles, certain principles, then that would be a violation of, of that. Sorry, could you repeat that? that? That if you understand that God operates according to principles, principles okay. so if the principle says that these people should not be saved, then they will not be. So, 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 so then God cannot choose to violate that principle. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah? I mean, the truth is we have to first, you know, what's happening over here is we're used to looking, problems like this. We grew up in a culture of Christianity, basically. It's a, it's a, it's a Christian-dominated culture where God is, has been made so human that they actually even have drawings and statues of him. Right? And therefore, of course, God can whimsically do all sorts of things. But really, that is complete nonsense. Because that makes God um, extremely small. Very, very small. Right? So limited and so lacking that even he looks like a person. Right? Let's try to take ourselves in the other direction of, let's say... Um, Muslims or philosophers where God is much bigger than that. Right? So when he's so big, then he is perfect. And perfection operates always according to what the right thing to do is. So then you can't go and just do stuff because you want to. Because you have to make sure that because it has to be Because it has to be perfect. It has to be right. And then what we're coming to say is God is even greater than that. That he actually can trump that. It's true that he's got that system. There's a higher system. Right? But I'm saying that's, that's where people very often get tripped up, which is also why people feel like there's no need to explain different Maimare Chazal that talk about you know, God seemingly doing things whimsically or, you know, punishing or rewarding or whatever it may be. I mean, that's what the morale is always working to. They shouldn't be. There's just a double seguli. There's just like God decided he likes this guy and therefore he's going to, you know, do something. Okay, fine. So let's, th- th- those, those are the hagdoms, yeah? So now 
Let's 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 continue. Oh, just to drop more. Uma sheamar, and that was which it says. Kishem shehazahavi poshet yodo v'notol hazahav, just like a goldsmith stretches out his hand and takes the gold. Ritzono lomar. That means to say shenotol hazahav b'yado takes the gold with his hand. Shelo b'tzavas, and not with prongs. Is that the right word? Uh, or tongs that you grab things with? Long. Yeah. yeah. Which one? Tongs. Tongs. The im lo cane, because if you're not going to say that, ain't the pelolehotia bit savas. Of course, that, that's how goldsmiths always do it. But again, what does Hashem say? That I took you out, and not a malach, and not a saraf. And not a shliach. If Hashem sent a malach or a saraf or a shliach, we could understand it a little bit more. Hashem, the most pure thing in the world, He couldn't come down to Mitzrayim to connect to us. We were too low. Mitzrayim was too dirty. But He did it through intermediaries. That's easier to hear. But there should be the... The, you know, the mikvah itself should come down, right? The, the, the tahor himself should should uh, be mishabar to us. That's that's very difficult. And so, to the midrash says in a different place. So the midrash actually, in another in another place, says it explicitly. It takes with his hand, and not with a glove, not with not with tongs, not with a glove. What is he means to say with this that the gold that is inside the crucible is difficult to take it out. The fire is inside there. Now these words seemingly the fact that the fire He's purifying and cleansing the Zahav. With this, he's just throwing this in there for now. This is not the point. But it will be the point very much, obviously, to understand why we had to go through the process of Shibud Mitzrayim. What, what, was the, why, what was the point of it? Right? What was the benefit of it? But he's saying that the fire that is there that's doing all this, Moneya has a Havi, he prevents the goldsmith. Militol hazahav from taking the gold. Vehaishu hamavdil bein hazahavi ubein hazahav shebekur, and the and the fire separates between them. Sheein chibur v'tziruv lezahavi hazeh el hazahav. So he can't have he can't connect, can't have a connection. Kach Yisrael shehayu tachas rishus Mitzrayim. So to we that we were being subjugated by Mitzrayim. And the Mitzrayim were always acting on us in a, in, in a way that wasn't allowing us to have any spiritual connection. We were under their subjugation. So much so that because of this, that we had no connection to Hashem. We were completely subjugated. 
Hashem chose to take us out of Mitzrayim, his Chaber HaKodesh Boruchu El Yisroel, he connected himself to us, even though we were right now completely subjugated to Mitzrayim. I mean, if you think about it, imagine to make a Chibur, right? It's like it's a key in a lock. Key in a lock. A husband and a wife. When there's a, another key inside the lock, usually that would be prohibitive from another key coming in and, and connecting to that lock. Right? So the Mitzrayim were completely on top of us. There was, there was no place for Hashem to grab on. That's what it seemed. And, and still Hashem did it. But there was a niche of Ki'ilu Hosi Azahav Biyad Mitocha Kur that is considered as if you took out the gold with his hand. Va'esh Shebikur Hu Mafsiku Mavdil. And that's what it says. Vayotzi Eschem Mikur Habarzel Yos Lo Laam Nachla. Took himself, took us out that we should be to him uh, a nation and an inheritance. The koshi hazehu mitzad mitzrayim shehem nimsholim kmokur habarzel shehayupoilim b'yisrael. Okay, let's stop here. So why did he do it? Oh, why? That's not the question. Why? Why? Because he had a plan. But the Chiddush is that he, that he can have a, his own plan and he can do it, right? In spite of the fact that seemingly there's nothing down here to allow for that, to, to, to facilitate that. We called out to him, though. I'm sorry? We called out to him. We were, we, we, no, we, we just, no, we just called out. We just cried. That the moral is medayik. It doesn't say we cry out to Hashem. So we cried. We just cried out from the from the difficulty. Was that? Well, initially they did. Oh, initially they did, but yeah, yeah, things got a lot worse for an entire year. Yeah, for an entire year. Yeah. No, but. Um, but the point to understand here is that God is not just a blind watchmaker, but that he is guiding the world to a purpose. Just like an, you know, an engineer who's making a system, there's nothing that says that you have to now go and take this piece of wood and mold it into something else or whatever it is, right? Seemingly from the system itself, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known, but you got a better plan than I, you know, I'm inside the system, I can't see. But, but God has a, has a bigger plan. That's uh, it has a lot to do with uh, with with, uh, with what we mentioned that the Greek philosophers were antithetical to this. Their understanding of God was not like this, and their understanding is the simple human understanding. Meaning, the, like the the Rambam writes in more Nevuchim, the Aristotle reached the pinnacle of what the human seichel can grasp. And according to that, it should be that God should not be able to do this. The reason is we have no Kesher to him whatsoever. 
Yeah, it should be always be responsive. That Hashem should be there's a rules, you know, there's a local gravity. If I throw a ball up, then it will come back down. But if I no, never throw it up, it won't come back down. Should, gravity acts the way it does. Yeah, so so to over here with with the spiritual laws. If a person is a great spiritual giant, then he can become a prophet. But otherwise, he can't. Yeah, that, that's that's what they understood. So Hashem was working within the principles that were set up. The he himself set up, perhaps, but but they but these principles are true principles, and they are an expression of the truth of God. Right, but in terms of like physically taking the Jewish people out, that that's that was working within the set of principles, but not during the Makos, right? That's not working within the set of principles. Even that, you say, it's much easier to hear that miracles are just just like there's physical laws. There's there's sometimes there's sometimes uh, you know let let's say um, supernatural laws that let's say. If, when the world on the spiritual underpinnings of the world if X, Y, and Z happens then a miracle will happen okay. which is a little bit how some people want to understand the Midrash the Hisna Kodesh Boruchu in Maisa Bereshus Hashem made a condition with Maisa Bereshus with, with all the creations of the world that when he will need in particular situations there will be miracles that will take place and the morale works very hard with that Midrash to explain to us what it does mean and what it does not mean, because it does not mean that 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 you know to deprive God of of bechira, right? But that's what one could say, right? That when a very righteous person is backed in and there's you know, and, and there's no way out, then the wall should just you know crack open and he'll be able to leave. That, that could be a rule that was always set up because his righteousness dictates that that's what happened. That's the, that's what has to happen. Yeah, but again, we're, we're working on understanding that Hashem can be perfect and He can be a Babu here.